The reading this morning is from Matthew 9, verses 9 to 13, which is on actually page 973 in the Church Bibles. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Okay, well, good morning. Um, if you do keep your Bible open or your piece of paper, uh, it's page 973. That'll be uh, great. Uh, you know, it's slightly different to be standing up here this morning, obviously. Uh, last week I was sat just over there. I was dressed as a pirate. And I was ready to go and speak to some primary school kids in our uh, kids' church session. Um, I'm not sure which is more intimidating, to be honest. Um, But I'd love to add my welcome uh, to that, which Pads and Carol have and Kirsty already. Um, Especially if you're here for the first time or you've come back having not been at church uh, for a while. Whatever the reason is, it's really nice to see you here this morning. Um, uh, What we normally do... um, in a Sunday morning is, uh, as part of the service, we have a short talk, and this, this is the part here where we look at the Bible and we see what it has to say to us um, in our lives today. Um, when I say short slot, it reminds me of a story of a speaker who was once known for his particularly lengthy services, and whilst he was preaching one of these, one of these sermons, he noticed uh, a chap disappear out the back and leave, um, who then returned towards the end of the service. So the preacher went out and caught him at the door and said, so, you know, well, why why did you leave? And the man said, well, I left to get my hair cut, which the preacher quite reasonably said, well, um, well, why did you leave, you know, during the service? Could you have not gone and got your hair cut before the service? To which the man replied, I didn't need a hair cut before the service. (laughs) But please be reassured, I'm not not planning to be that long. Um, I'll just take uh, 15 minutes or so. But before we start, can I just pray? Dear God, thank you for uh, the beautiful day this morning, and uh, thank you for your word and your good news to us, and I pray that you'd be with us as we look at your word together, and bless what I have to say, in Jesus' name, amen. So this week we're looking at the story of Matthew, um, which is really appropriate because as Pads mentioned, today is St. Matthew Sunday. Um, now when Pads gave me the passage and I had a look at it, I looked and I thought, wow, what are the chances? This Sunday, we're looking at the calling of Matthew. It's all about Matthew. And that lands on St. Matthew's Sunday. I thought, that's incredible. And then I realized that we had this passage last year and the year before (laughs) and the year before that. So maybe, maybe there's a reason why. But this is St. Matthew. This is Matthew's big moment in the Bible. And Matthew 9, uh, Matthew was written 
by him. And this is like his autobiographical account. It, it talks about the big moment in his life. And he doesn't actually talk about himself very much. There's no other real stories that come around Matthew and talk about Matthew. But this is his account. And this is his, as we, we'll see this morning, his big momentous moment I wonder if you know uh, famous mission statements. So they've become quite popular, I guess, in a corporate life where you know, any company or any sort of organization needs to have a big mission statement. Um, I've got a couple on the screen here that you might recognize. And there's one which is um, to give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. There's one which is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible, useful. And there's another one which is quite short, which just says to make people happy. I don't know if you can guess what those are. Um, But they are, if we kind of go on, the first one's Facebook, uh, the second one's Google, and the last one is Disney. They're great, aren't they? I mean, you know, I think they're often mocked. But what the company's trying to do is trying to say, this is what we're about, and this is why we're here, and the reason for that. And if you look down with me at the passage, towards the end... Um, on verse 13, um, we see what's something close to Jesus' mission statement. So why, why is he here? What did Jesus seek to do? And at the end of verse 13, you can see with me it says, For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Or if you reword that, I have come to call sinners. That's what Jesus was here to do, and that's why he came many years ago. And let's spend a little bit of time maybe looking at that first, and you can't avoid it. There's that slightly ugly word called sinners, which jars a little bit, doesn't it? Um, But really, by sinners, Jesus means all of us. Because sin, another way of describing it, is just not putting God first in our lives. And I think sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we don't even maybe live up to, I know this is true for me, the kind of the standards or the way in which I would even want to live my life, independent of whether we're meeting God's standards. I think if someone um, took all your life, took your thoughts and your actions and everything, and recorded it on this DVD, um, and so this was, it had record of what you say when you hang up the phone for that person who really irritates you, Um, Or what you say in the car when someone drives in a way that obviously you wouldn't drive in. Um, Or what you say in private or what you think. If it was all written on on this DVD, would you be happy if I watched it? Would you be happy even if you watched it yourself? but, But really, I guess when Jesus says that he comes to call sinners, what he's really saying is he's coming to call all of us. Because all of us do things which aren't putting God first and don't even live up to what we want. And actually, if you look at verse 12 then, moving back up the passage, Jesus says that he's like a doctor in many ways um, because what this DVD represents actually is a, is a problem for us because on the DVD is kind of evidence of what we've done and what we haven't done, importantly, And that evidence, I guess, is in the same way that a doctor comes to help people who are sick, Jesus comes and helps us deal with the fact that we have all this evidence against us. And that's the problem that Jesus comes to solve for us. Because I don't know what you think of church and um, 
I'm, I'm sure you get some perceptions, but one might be that church is full of good people or it's full of do-gooders, and that's what church is about. But actually, Jesus, what he says here is that church is for sinners and church is for all of us. And actually, the only difference is that for those who have trusted Jesus, what he's done is he's dealt with this. And by putting our trust in Jesus, he says, do you know what? All that evidence, I'm just going to lock it away in a drawer and you never need to worry about it again because I've dealt with it. So Jesus is here to call us, to call us to follow him, to call us to have a solution to that problem that we have. But we can see three more things about what it means to follow him in the passage. I'm just going to run through these now. The first is we see at the start of the passage a call to put Jesus first, which we've talked a bit about. Then there's a call to make Jesus known. And lastly, there's a call to show Jesus' love. But let's look at the first one. If you look back in verse 9, so let me tell you a little bit about Matthew. So Matthew was a tax collector. Now, actually, a tax collector in those days was quite a cushy job um, in the sense that um, you were protected by the Roman and Jewish authorities. You were there to collect their taxes. And you were allowed to take, um, or they turned a blind eye if you took a little bit extra for yourself. So you were protected, and it was a good money spinner. And whilst a lot of people didn't like you, it certainly was you know, a good job. And Matthew would have been very comfortable and relatively well off. So we get to verse 9, and Jesus is walking along. He comes to Matthew doing his job. And he says to him, follow me. And in the next verse, I don't think you could get a more understated verse. It just says, Matthew got up and followed him. And that was it. He didn't, he didn't debate or worry or ask those questions or, well, I'll come back tomorrow. Or There's a whole range of things he could have done. But he just got up and followed Jesus. And actually, for Matthew, he had a lot to lose Because, like I said, Matthew had this safe job, and it wasn't a job like the fishermen who they could probably go back to. Matthew was leaving that behind and turning his back on it in order to follow Jesus. He was putting Jesus first in that following action. There's a great quote um, from a, a man called Jim Elliott, who was a missionary to South America, and he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. You see, Matthew was no fool. Matthew realized, albeit in that split second, that all those riches and comfort and security he had was not something he could keep beyond his life. And so he was prepared to set that aside in order to gain that what Jesus offered, which was a lifetime in a relationship with him. He stood to gain so much from that. Um, last Thursday, I'm sure it didn't pass you by, especially if you're Scottish, it was a big day. It's a big day for um, Scottish people. And they had a choice, and the choice was to say yes or to say no. And I guess the interesting thing about that was that there was no maybe or no possibly or at some point in the future. It was, it was yes or no. And that was a vote for that generation. And, and Jesus, I guess, presents that for us as well, in that ultimately it's a yes or a no, to, you know, as to what we want to do, and there isn't a maybe. And Matthew understood that, and Matthew decided that a call to follow Jesus was a call to put him first. Okay, secondly then, if we look down in verse 10, it goes on, and we see that Matthew, having made that decision, 
he then invited Jesus around to dinner. But not just Jesus, he invited all his mates and all his acquaintances and everybody he knew around, which is quite radical because in Jewish times, having someone for dinner was a sign of acceptance. Um, and, uh, but that's what Matthew wanted to do, to make Jesus known and to invite his friends around. I don't know if you've heard of the disease called smallpox. Um, smallpox, it was probably one of the most devastating diseases known to man. It was estimated that it killed 500 million people, which is mind-blowing in itself. And in 1796, Edward Jenner, he noticed that for milkmaids who were milking cows who got cowpox, they then never went on to get smallpox. And in that, he discovered that when he vaccinated, when he gave a small boy called James Phipps a little bit of cowpox, it then gave him protection against smallpox, which was incredible, an incredible discovery given how bad smallpox was. So for, for Edward, it had been pretty strange for him to having discovered this amazing thing to then not tell anybody about it and do nothing about it and to keep it to himself and think, well, maybe I'll look after my own family and, well, we won't, we won't do anything else. It would have been very odd. And he didn't, as it's come as no surprise, do that. He spent the rest of his life promoting vaccines, promoting what led eventually to a cure for smallpox. And so in 1977, now smallpox isn't a disease that exists any longer um, in the world. And Jesus is good news like that. He's great news. He's solution to the problem. And so it would have been odd for Matthew to then, having discovered that, to then do nothing about it. And so Matthew did the obvious thing, which was he got all his friends and family around, and he said, come and hear this good news. Matthew understood that following Jesus was a call to make him known. So finally then, third point, um, we see as the passage kind of uh, goes on that uh, Matthew responds to Jesus' call. He puts him first, he tells other people about it, but all is not well. And in verse 11, we get the Pharisees introduced to the story. Now, the Pharisees, uh, in those times, they were the religious leaders. They prided themselves in doing the right thing, in being, they probably thought they were a little bit above other people um, because of what they did. And they weren't loving the fact that Jesus was spending time with these people. And in verse 12, we see that Jesus gives them just a very gentle kind of uh, put down. And he says that maybe they should go and read their Bible a bit more. Because Jesus was here exactly for all people, and he wants his mercy, not rituals or sacrifice or the traditions which they prided so much. So I'm not sure what you think church is about, and maybe this is the first time you come for a while. Uh, maybe you think it's, um, it's, it's quite boring. Um, maybe you think it's long sermons, and you're, you need to get a haircut because you've been sat for so long this morning. Um, maybe you think it's confusing or too loud, or, or maybe you think it's too quiet, or it's uncomfortable seats. I could sympathize with that. Um, you may have lots of thoughts about what church is, but what Jesus is saying here is that church isn't about all those bits in the surface, all those things. It's about people sharing God's love, and it's about relationships. And at its heart, Christianity is about relationships. And as we share his love, it's about two relationships. It's about, as we've seen this morning, the relationship with God. It's about asking God to deal with this so that you can have a good relationship, a restored relationship with God. But also, it's about the horizontal. 
And that's about restored relationships with each other. And that's about sharing Jesus' love. And the challenge of the Pharisees was they got this bit. They knew what it was to follow Jesus and to do all those things, I guess. But they'd forgotten completely about other people and about accepting them and about sharing God's love. And you can get it the other way around. You can be the nicest person and actually more compassionate and caring than lots of people who go to church. And there are lots of people like that. But you haven't really dealt with the vertical, which is your relationship with God and what God wants. And both ways, I guess, are missing our problem, are missing a part. So just to conclude, um, Jesus calls us to follow him, to put him first, to make him known, and to share his love. And I've got just two challenges to leave you with as I finish. Um, so firstly, maybe, maybe you do follow Jesus, and, um, but maybe over time you've let your pride kind of get in the way, and you've forgotten that, that we're all sinners and we're all in this together, and that we're forgiven. And maybe you've forgotten about those things that Matthew realized about putting Jesus first, about making him known, about sharing his love. Or maybe you haven't um, accepted Jesus yet, or you're not at that point. But I'd just say, I'd encourage you to say that this offer for you is an offer for everybody. It doesn't matter how good or how bad you are. Um, a common myth, I sometimes think, is that Christianity is for good people or those you know, who think they're good. And actually, the truth is, it's for bad people and for those who realize that they need to something done. And so I'd encourage you to look into it and to think about it. And just as I finish, I'd say, St. Matthews, we're running two, um, two courses, or two things we're doing, I guess, um, which I would recommend. The first is the Alpha course. Um, so the Alpha course, it starts on Tuesday, the 7th of October. Um, it's a great course, as it says up in the um, uh, overheads behind me. If you, have you got questions about life? And this is the place to ask the questions. It'll be informal. There's normally tea, coffee. Um, you can come and sit. You can listen, and, and you don't have to say anything. Or you can listen, and you can ask as many questions as you want. And the whole idea is to be able to have an environment where we can explore the big issues of life and what it means. And it's a great place to start. So I'd encourage you to think about that, to chat to pads or to chat to someone um, about coming along. And even just try the first week. And then if you don't, it doesn't work for you, um, then it's great that you've tried it. And that's your choice. Or the second thing I'd say, and Johnny mentioned it, is discipleship explored. As it says at the bottom here, it says, following Christ, what's it all about? And that's running on a Wednesday night. Johnny's explained lots about it. But it's a great chance to say, okay, so maybe I've made the decision like Matthew, or maybe I made the decision a long time ago like Matthew. But what does it mean to put Jesus first? What does it mean to make him known to our friends and family? And what does it mean to share his love in the community we're in? Okay, so so just in finishing, we've seen this morning, as Matthew saw on St. Matthew Sunday, that following Jesus... What's it all about? And that challenge is to us as to whether that is something for us. So I just close in prayer. Dear God, uh, thank you for the story of Matthew. And thank you for Matthew's courage to take that step to follow you, to put you first in his life, for his courage in making you known. And just thank you for that love that love which you showed for everybody as you came to save us. In Jesus' name, amen.